Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. of the Lord I'm going to be turning to a familiar for some perhaps familiar psalm of Psalm uh, 51 amen as you are turning there I want to uh, just echo brother Malone so good to have mom and dad amen with us tonight and able to be in church and I know that they're probably more happy to be here than what we even could even pretend to be happy to have them here amen tonight uh, in the times that we've uh, been around or taking them to a doctor or such like this, they constantly say it's probably the longest stint of time ever that they've had to miss church. And uh, yeah, in, in 70, 70 some odd years, both of them of, of, of uh, living upon this earth. And so whenever you're used to just going to God's house, one day's too much. One day's too much. And so we're so glad that they are here. And we're glad again to have tonight a Manny and Sabrina. Amen with us. Amen in the house of the Lord, worshiping the Lord with us here tonight. Amen. And we appreciate them and just welcome them. And I was giving him a hard time tonight because I've seen these pictures up of him like in his work outfit at work. And he's styling and profiling. And she's talking about how awesome of a man he is. And so I, I, I swallowed I swallowed it all. Just believed it that that's the way it is. Amen. But I think they are. Amen. Precious, precious couple, precious couple. Amen. Psalms 51. I'm going to read just one verse. And this is so unlike me. But I'm going to just read one verse to start with. To start with. I told him in leadership prayer tonight, back in the back, I was kind of uh, vacillating, going back and forth between a couple different titles. And uh, I said, of course, you know, people know about the birds and the bees. I thought about preaching about the birds and the buckets. and uh, But I didn't go with that. And we'll see here in a moment what I went with. But you can always put that as like, subtitle like right there number two close close in line David is praying this prayer here and let me preface this tonight because you know there's times we preach and then there's times we preach you've heard me say this before but as I was leaving Sunday night from here after everything taking place and it's like one of the last ones to leave and got in my my uh, truck and I was going across town phrase from this particular scripture came and quickened to my mind after everything and that is this what David said restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit his plea his cry restore unto me the joy of thy salvation for a little while tonight with the help of the Lord I want to minister this title this evening when joy's song falls silent when joy's song falls silent let's pray right now father we need you God, I pray, O oh Lord, it feels though, God, you have ordered my steps here this evening. 
I lean upon you, O Lord. I lean upon you, O Lord. God, that we would lend ear to what the Spirit is saying to the church tonight. God, that you would encourage, that you would instruct, God, that perhaps, God, even before we leave here, a restorative work will have already begun. God, and will not fail to thank you and praise you for it. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ that we pray. And the church say amen. Amen. You may be seated tonight in Jesus' name. From the Yorkshire Telegraph and Star in Sheffield, Yorkshire, the Friday, the 21st of December of 1906, which gave an account of the inquest that had been held the previous day at Alston near Chesterley Street on the four victims of an explosion at Arpeth Pit. Allow me and indulge me here for a moment. Mr. C.W. Blackett, a mining expert, said that along with the mine inspector, he attempted to reach the scene of the explosion, taking with him a canary in a cage, a safety lamp, an electric hand lamp. They were well equipped to explore the workings with safety. Upon reaching a point beyond which it had hitherto been impossible to penetrate, they got a competent man to test the place with a safety lamp. And finding only a small blue cap, he took a deep breath with the electric lamp and the bird. He rapidly advanced and left the bird and retired returning with the lamp safety lamp and finding the bird on its perch he advanced again and again in the same way until he and the inspector came to the place where a body was lying he saw at once that the man had died from after damp and was not burned at all and so still advancing they came to a stinter where another man had been working here he saw the bird fall from its perch and incautiously take a breath. And the air himself he took in and his knees began to give just to a small extent. He managed to scramble out into better air, taking the bird with him and the bird recovered within three to four minutes and again got on to its perch. It was most extraordinary to see the rapid effect of carbonic monoxide on the bird after the experience with the bird this way he was quite satisfied that a bird was a comparatively safe guide and much preferred to the mice that they had used the birds fall from the perch could easily be seen also historically in another article published by the western carolina democrat and french board hustler in hendersonville north carolina of thursday the 29th of July of 1915, they said, if the atmosphere becomes foul, the canary stops singing and begins to show unmistakable signs of distress. Then the miners know the atmosphere must be changed quickly or they must get out. In the late 19th century and the 20th century early, it wasn't uncommon for coal miners to carry a caged canary into the deep recesses and belly of the earth. Canaries tend to sing much of the time. 
For the miners, they were the early warning system for the presence of toxic gases like carbon monoxide and methane that was below the Earth's surface, which were undetectable. A canary's metabolism is sensitive to air quality. Everything was okay if the canary was singing and sitting on its perch. But if the canary stopped singing, it was the first cue that something was wrong. For in the darkest of places, the canary sang. And the first sign of imminent danger was when the canary stopped singing. Miners exited the shaft when the song ceased to be sung. Something was wrong. The atmosphere had changed quickly because something in it could compromise the health and the life of anyone there. The Bible says in Habakkuk chapter 3 and verse 17 concerning the land of Judah during a time of captivity, he says, the prophet says, although the fig tree shall not blossom, and neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. He says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. For analogy purposes tonight, as canaries sing in the darkest places, joy excels in the most troublesome times. And we may be without many things. There may be normal processes like trees blossoming blossoming and fields, yielding and folds producing at times that may be cut off, but joy can still rise. It can assume, if you will, its perch and still sing its song. I got to preach to this congregation tonight that something undetectable is wrong whenever the song ceases and the canary wobbles on its perch. Scripture describes that the most deplorable times of any people amen, is not whenever their houses were dilapidated. It wasn't whenever there were carcasses of the slain that was in the streets. It wasn't because there was gruesome danger of sound of war among the houses in the streets and that there were sieges that were ravaging their supply of food and water. But the author says in our Bible that the greatest woe is whenever the voice of mirth is silenced and the voice of joy is no more. Can someone say amen? amen? Jeremiah said it like this. He said in chapter 7 and verse 34, he says, then will I cause to seize from the cities of Judah and from the streets of Jerusalem the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom, the voice of the bride, for the land shall be desolate. In other words, what Jeremiah is saying is this, mark the land's desolation when the voice of mirth and joy is silenced. Mark desperate times when the canary, if I may, amen, loses its song and it falls from its perch. The prophet Joel said it like this, Joy is withered away from the sons of men. You know what he's saying? They've lost their song. Someone say amen. They've lost their song. Can I tell you tonight 
that whenever your joy is depleted, when you've lost that variance of your song, it's hard to stand. It's hard to pray when you've lost your joy song. You have no wherewithal to worship when you don't have your joy. It's difficult to derive any enjoyment, amen, from the things that you used to find pleasure in when you've lost your joy. You can't seem to encourage another because you're trying to encourage yourself. You've lost your song, joy song. Joy song has silence. Your desire to go to church, it's not what it was. When joy song is falling, we track the usual service time. We'll come in. We'll track the usual service schedule. We'll monitor, amen, the approximate time that it's going to be over. Amen. They're going to sing one song. Brother Malone's going to get up there and exhort. He's going to, they're going to sing two songs. They're going to have prayer. They're going to sing one song. They're going to have offering. Whenever you don't have your joy, you're just tracking along, making sure everything's on schedule. The train's going to come and depart all at the same time. Amen. You're going to get home when you expect to get home. Services lose their luster whenever joy loses its song. Someone say amen. We get lost whenever joy is gone. We get lost in our thoughts. Amen. As the voice of the pastor is just droning on through another 45-minute sermon, we're thinking about tomorrow. We're thinking what we did yesterday whenever the joy song has been lost. Even our fellowship with our brother and our sister is shallow. Amen. Not quite what it used to be when our joy is gone. Yeah, I smile at you, and yeah, I'll laugh with you, but inside I'm screaming. Amen. I just have surface pleasantries of, hi, how you doing? Everything's fine. Amen. The Bible is boring. Church feels stone stale when joy is depleted, when we've lost our song. Amen. Someone say yes. yes. David reached a similar juncture of the road, though, in his own life. In his life, his state of life was similar that I believe to many that's sitting before me tonight. He's crying, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Literally, it means cause the joy of thy salvation to return. David is desiring. David is hungering for a return to a place with God that he had experienced some time in his past. He's saying, restore it back to me. He's saying, uphold me. He's saying, prop me up. I need some help with my joy. Can I tell you tonight that if you're asking for the restoration of joy, then it indicates that you once had it. You don't ask for a restoration of something you didn't formally have. Fred, all that work you've done on that truck out in the garage there at McGee's Body Shop, we call that restoration because you're trying to get it back to a former state and probably a little better than what it was trying to get it back to a former state. Restoration just proves that they had that somewhere in the past and you're trying to take it back to where it once was. David said, restore unto me. David couldn't say restore if he never had joy, if he never had exuberance, if he never... He couldn't use those words. David's not pleading for something that couldn't happen. And as sure as joy can be lost and frustrated at times, it can be restored. 
a common theme among the, the psalmists and the psalms is the joy of salvation. He mentions it over and over again throughout the psalms. He mentions rejoicing in thy salvation on several occasions. He says, my heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. Throughout God's word, joy is expressed in scripture through many different forms. From what I've read and studied, joy is expressed by singing. Joy is expressed by dancing. Joy is expressed by shouting. Joy is expressed by hand clapping. Joy is expressed by playing musical instruments. Somebody's lost their song. Oh yeah, somebody's lost their song. The psalmist David said in Psalms 35 and 9, And my soul shall be joyful in the Lord. It shall rejoice in his salvation. We're talking about David. Now watch here. This is the same man, the same man that said he rejoices in his salvation, says now restore the joy of thy salvation. On one hand, he rejoiced in it. But it was in another period of life. Now he was asking for his joy to be given and restored back to him. Someone say amen. amen. Hallelujah. These words come from David. Everybody say David. 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 These words come from David, the songwriter. Who through his writing of psalms have inspired for ages so many people and uplifted the spirits of countless people through the recorded lyrics of his psalms. This is David, the warrior. David, the musician. Huh? This is the man that the Bible says danced. An expression of joy that danced before the Lord with all his might. This is the man that the Bible says is a man after God's own heart. And yet he's pleading. For a restoration. Mm -hmm. Someone say amen. A restoration of his joy. So if you think a little weird or a little odd tonight that you don't feel the joy that you used to, you're in good company. If you're a musician, a singer, a dancer, been a hand clapper, you're right along the lines of David. He had it, but somewhere along the way it faded. Somewhere along the way it digressed. Somewhere along the way it fell on the wayside. But David at least now has taken inventory. I need that restored. I need that back. I need my shout back. I need my dance back. I'm, I'm a warrior. I'm a musician. I'm a songwriter. I, I need to get joy song back in my life. Someone say yes. Can I say tonight, is this okay? Can I say this evening, then it should be no surprise that there are some musicians and singers here tonight that need their joy restored. It shouldn't shock us that some of the board members of the First Apostolic Church and Sunday school teachers right here need their joy restored. That as a pastor, my joy canary sometimes totters on its perch at times. And my song is silenced in the darkness. We should not be surprised, but neither should we be content. Hey! Hey! Someone say amen. 
because when Joy's song fell, falls silent, something is wrong, they said. It may be undetectable to us. Nonetheless, it demands a change in the atmosphere, a survey of the area. When the song grows silent. <laughs> Someone say yes. One of, the, one of the qualities of David being a man after God's own heart is not so much that he was a perfect man because we know that's not the case or that he was a flawless man because that wasn't the case. But one of the qualities of being a man after God's own heart is this, is that David held the ability to reflect and to acknowledge his need for restoration when it was necessary and he pursued it. Let's stop for a moment. There's a big change between acknowledging a need and pursuing the need that you acknowledged. I mean, it's like something at the house that needs fixed. I tell my wife, she tells me, you know that really needs fixed. Now, you know, that, that just needs fixed. That just broke. It's been like that for three months. It needs fixed. Where we do, we're acknowledging the need. But if we never pursue, huh? We never pursue a month from now, it still needs fixed. A year from now, if we don't pursue it, it still needs fixed. David all day could acknowledge his need for restoration, but he says, I'm on a hot trail right now. I'm pursuing that which I need. I'm pursuing the experience that I need back. I need the song of joy to well up again in my... Amen. In many verses, many verses in Psalms 51 before David asks for restoration. He's honest with God about where he is. David knew his reason for his needing restoration of joy. He knew. David's joy waned. His, his joy had, had turned tail and run because... Primarily, it was due to his sin. Psalms 51 is with reflection upon David's sin, his adultery with Bathsheba, his murder of Uriah. It's all written with that in view. David understood, amen, that the cause, these things had created a wedge between him and his God. And note that David, his plea was not, restore to me my salvation. He said, restore to me the joy of thy. What are you saying? I'm saying you can sometimes be so depleted of joy and still be saved. You just need to get your joy back. You're not lost. You're not forsaken. You just need to obtain the joy of thy salvation back. Someone say amen. Amen. And so David's being honest here with the situation. And not my salvation, but God, I need my joy. And so all the request, all the verbiage of David's prayer aligned with this restoration. Amen. As a matter of fact, as you read through Psalms 51, everything that David is saying is really lining up, amen, with what would be done for or to someone who was a leper, which was an Old Testament type of sin. What would be done for the leper? What are, what are some of David's pleas in the scripture in Psalms 51? Look at them. He says, wash me. He says, cleanse me. He says, purge me with hyssop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, cast me not away from thy presence. Why? Because a leper is set apart. 
from everybody else ostracized over by themselves. Amen. It's alluding to the separation that the leper had. Amen. And so what I'm saying tonight is this, Brother McGee, you're saying we're all sinners. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying your faltering joy may not have resulted from sin, but whether it's detectable or not, what the reason is, you're probably feeling somewhat of a separation from him. The song of joy has fallen silent. Amen. That exuberant feeling. Ask yourself when the last time you was overwhelmed by the exuberant feeling. Of like, man, I'm just glad to be here. Amen. Joy's song has fell silent. Amen. It's more of a distant memory than it is a present reality. Amen. But the fact is you're not lost. Amen. You're, you're not lost. You just might be in a toxic situation that you don't know about. <laughs> Jesus might be in a toxic situation that you don't know about. Amen. But joy, just as the canary did, joy is the sounding of the alarm. Amen. In the silence. Amen. Just as the canary was the first sign that there's something wrong in the atmosphere, when you start to lose your joy, that's the first sign that something's not right. Something's not quite right here. And the, what they did then, they said, you got to change the atmosphere. You either got to change the atmosphere or you got to get out of the atmosphere that you're in. Can I tell someone, it's not to grow content here. We got to recognize the sign and say, I feel my joy's depleting a little bit. I don't feel like shouting like I used to, dancing or clapping. What you need to do is take that and say, we got to change the atmosphere here. I got to get out. I got to do something. We got to remedy. Because joy's song is growing dim. Because joy seems to survive some of the bleakest of times, according to Habakkuk. No field yielding, no cattle producing, but he said they would have and rejoice in the Lord. And Jesus even said this in the Gospel of John. He says, no man can take your joy. No man can take your joy. Someone say amen. Another analogy in Scripture is drawing water out of a well with a bucket. Now you know why I thought about birds and buckets. Isaiah 12 and 3. Therefore, everybody say, with joy, shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation dad I thought back to the first church years ago and I believe it was this very verse that you used <laughs> this very verse that you used and dad had a bucket bigger than mine had a bucket because the depiction in the scripture is, with joy shall ye draw. In other words, the well is salvation, but joy is the bucket. Listen, let me go down. First church, anybody remember this from first church? Some of y'all might not have been there. This was real early. This was real early. He was preaching on this one night, and there was a lady there, just a guest visitor, thought he was out of his living mind. Because he started having people come up there and pull on the rope and draw with joy. 
out of the waters. She thought we were idiots and crazy until she got on the other end of the rope. And she began to pull up that altar and God hit her like a boat of lightning. You know what happened? Restoration of joy. Her song had went silent. The canary had wobbled on its perch. Woke up! But there was... Huh? The well is salvation according to Isaiah. But your bucket is the joy. Listen, salvation is not lost. But the way we draw from the well of salvation is with joy. We've lost our bucket. We... Case in point, I ain't going to hold you real long, but case in point tonight, whenever Jesus was speaking to the woman at the well and they had their conversation in chapter number four, amen, and he told her, if you had asked me to drink, I would have given you living water, right? You remember her response in John four? This was her response to Jesus. This sheds light upon Isaiah and this sheds light on David's dilemma in Psalms 51. Her reply to him was this, you have nothing to draw with. And the well is deep. You know what she's saying? It's it's almost impossible to get water from the well when you don't have anything to draw with. And it's almost impossible to enjoy the gift that God's given you when you've lost your joy, when that's depleted, when those expressions of joy have... Some would say yes. Can I tell you what we face sometimes in the church? It's not a well problem. It's not a salvation problem. It's a bucket problem. The well's deep. The wells of salvation are plentiful. And the rope is extended. You've just lost your joy. You've misplaced your bucket. There's a well of salvation. But I draw with joy. Listen to me. I got, a, I got some length here. Listen to me. Let me get my rope back down here. This is what some of y'all is looking at. In your life. A wet rope. With no way to transfer from what's in the well to where you are. is misplaced. I don't know where you lost it along the way. It probably didn't happen all at once. It probably started to fade. Somewhere among the rubble, for some, maybe it is some sin in your life. For somebody else, something's got between you and him. Listen. Listen. Whenever in this time, listen to me, this this is what I found out. In this time, in the wells that were around the different cities and towns, they didn't typically keep a bucket affixed to the well. They had to bring their own bucket. 
they had to bring their own bucket to the well. It's not as though the well was there and the bucket was there and they were just kind of, you know, meandering around. Oh, you know, I'm thirsty. So, oh, there's a bucket, you know, and glug, 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 glug. No, no, no. If they were going to get anything from the well, they was going to have to have the bucket. And if there's going to be anything from the wells of salvation, we got to get our joy back. We got to get our song singing. We You wasn't going to go on a long trip and a long journey without joy because you wouldn't make it. Your trip would be in vain. You would have to turn around somewhere along the way and go back home. But if you had a bucket, you could go miles and miles because there were going to be some wells and you would have the joy necessary to draw water. Somebody's let their song die. Somebody's misplaced their bucket. Woo. But I'll show up. I'll show up to that oh well. Because it's dependable. It's deep. Huh? The woman even at the well said, speaking about the well that our father Jacob gave us, that goes all the way back to the Old Testament. It endured thousands of years. No problem with that. You just don't have nothing to draw with. Someone say amen. Well, salvation is fine. But we need to somehow go on a search and recovery party for the bucket. Some used to express it with a hand clap. Some used to express it with a dance. Some used to express it with a leap. Some used to express it with a larger vocal. Amen. Of singing the songs. That wasn't just lip service. You know how you get all that back? You find that you draw with joy. You draw with joy. Mm-hmm. It might require getting out of the faulty atmosphere into one that isn't toxic so you can draw with joy again in order for the canary, so to speak, to find its perch again and its song you know what that little story said? said as soon as they got that bird out of that toxic atmosphere, it was about three or four minutes, that which was off its perch was back on its perch singing its song again. Why? Because it did something. It wasn't going to be content. I'm challenging somebody tonight. Don't be content with the state of a dead song of joy. Somebody find their bucket. Somebody draw again with joy out of the wells of salvation. Look now. I don't go preach much longer. So I think. I'm telling you right now, there's some environments of people's past that has silenced their joy. It has stolen their song. It has made, amen, all of the chords into minor chords. It is, if you will, throwing it off place. I'm here to tell you, it doesn't have to be that way. It don't have to continue to be that way. There's no reason to accept it as that. David says, restore to me the joy. And you can stand with me. Restore to me the joy of thy salvation. What are you saying, David? I need my bucket back. 
I need my, my canary to get on the perch again. Woo! I, I need it to sing again. He's saying, I need a means to draw water. I got the well. I got the well. But I need the means for drawing water from them rather than they just lying dormant. Listen, I close with this. And I feel this in the Holy Ghost. Accept it as he is. But the old prophet Isaiah spoke this in his day. And I felt need to echo it, the exact words for my day. And so don't accept this because every whenever you speak God's word, every time I preach, I'm prophesying. Because this is a prophetic word. Accept it as so in Isaiah 51 and verse 3. For the Lord shall comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places. And he will make her wilderness like Eden. And her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness shall be found therein. Thanksgiving and the voice of melody. Verse 11. Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion. Everlasting joy shall be upon their head. They shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and mourning shall flee away. I, even I, am he that comforteth you. What are you saying? God says they're going to find their bucket. God says the bird's getting back on the perch and there's going to be a new song sung. This thing ain't over. Let not gloom, doom, and despair. Amen. Cripple you. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.